podcast. Pro Wrestling Superstar Rhino and his co-host Gary come to you live each week with guests from the world of pro wrestling, comics, movies, sports, and more. So if your standards aren't too high, Terry and Gary's Low Expectations podcast is for you. Even today, um, you know, when I'm in there wrestling, um, I feel I feel energized. I feel good. I feel like I've got a lot left in the tank. They don't lie. You have to grow a mohawk so that you can go by the name Kleba Lang. The ratings are through the roof right now. Right. <laughs> Catch Terry and Gary every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern live on Podcast Detroit. Download Terry and Gary or stream on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or the Terry and Gary TV YouTube channel. You know what to do next. Leave your expectations at the door and enjoy the show. Leave your expectations at the door and enjoy the show. No, no low expectations here. We have the one and only the great Diamond Dallas Page on today. Thank you so much for coming back and seeing us, Diamond. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, boy. My pleasure. It's, 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 it's odd that we have somebody that will actually come on for a second time. Right. <laughs> Usually one time is enough for them. <laughs> we want to we actually jump right into it. We had a lot of talk last time. We talked about DDPY and how great that's going and stuff. But uh, you had a big surprise uh, last year, December 9th, I think, to be exact. Uh, can you tell me a little about what happened there? Well, I got with my uh, a girl I was dating 10 years earlier, uh, and her name is Paige, and her maiden name is McMahon. So <laughs> when, I, when I told Jericho that what her name was, he popped so hard. <laughs> Paige McMahon. And she's an adventure athlete. She is uh, meaning the chick who's who run 100-mile races, you know, put a backpack on her back and run 180 miles in six and a half days through the Grand Canyon, like climb Mount Kilimanjaro. She's a stud. And she'd been done that, like, through like probably the last 10 years of her life. She's finally slowed down on that stuff because I mean, a lot of training goes with that. And we had, we'd started dating on December 9th of 2019, getting back together. And we met in, um, in uh, Chattanooga. And it's a so hotel that, you know, it was a little cool boutique hotel. And then two years later to the day, I had thrown her a surprise wedding and she had no idea that it was happening. She thought for a minute, maybe in Chattanooga, because we were going to be going to a friend's house to do a, what he, a red and white Christmas party. And my daughter, Brittany, she put together the invitation, like come to Iverdeen's, you know, red and white Christmas party, blah, 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 blah. It was all bullshit yeah we were just swerving her so she wouldn't pick up on it so i got this white suit on that i had made and uh you know red shirt and she's got this beautiful wet uh red evening gown all with a really low back and uh we get to the hotel and it says clothes for christmas party for you know some law firm or something so completely off track now she has no idea 
And uh, we went up to the room. We had, you know, got ready. Had a bottle of wine. I'm coming down with a bottle of wine and a bottle of water in my hands. We get down to the floor, and she looks to the left. And in that room, when the curtain opens, she sees her brother, and she goes, "Is is is this happening?" And I go, "It's happening." So we go in, into the like foyer area, and my family's there. Her family's there. Our closest closest friends are there. About twenty people. And I got down on one knee. I asked her to marry me. And her brother, when I told him, like, you just come. I'm going to hook you guys up. I'll you get here. I'll set you up. I rented out the boutique hotel. It's like 16 rooms. And I paid for all the family members, you know, so they the room were taken care of. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because for years, Paige had said, I'm never getting married again. It's never going to happen. So that's all he's been hearing for the last like 15 years. So he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. So I got down on the one knee. I asked her. She popped. It was She was crying and everything. And then we walked back to where, you know, it's like a restaurant area. But I'd taken that all over, too. And my daughter, Brittany, had set everything up for me. Like, she was, the, it was my idea, but she's the one who put all the work in to making it so that it was super over the top. And when she turned around the corner, she's talking to her brother, and she realizes another friend, and then another friend. There's another 120 people there going, surprise! So uh, it was it was super magical, man. Uh, and I'm I'm living. I'm going to be 67 in another five months, and I'm living my best life ever. It's awesome. That, that awesome. is awesome. You know who would have ever thought? You know the businessman, the wrestler, and the romantic too. <laughs> I mean, you're beyond the total package. You're raising the total <laughs> <life> for us now. <laughs> she went from Paige McMahon to Paige Page. Yeah, yeah. She's actually Paige McMahon Page, but everybody calls her Paige Page. My 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 mom, she refuses not to call me Paige unless we're out. If we're out, she'll call me Dallas, and it sounds so weird coming out of her mouth. But she will call him boy Page and girl Page. <laughs> <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome so you guys are going to be celebrating your first year anniversary coming up soon yeah yeah did you make any you know, plans or i mean you know seeing that you're the romantic you gotta you can't top the wedding but oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah i'm safe because the next day is our christmas party on the 10th okay. and okay. so i'm safe uh yeah. but i've got it i got it like we don't Every day's Christmas for us. Like if I want something, I get it. You know, and if you know, my house is decorated like you guys would never believe. Like, you know, you know how Macy's gets when they do the scenes and the Christmas scenes and all that. Right. I blow those. I blow those fuckers away. Like really? this place. This is like yeah. You're dropped your, uh Let's see. Sag. Uh, what's this? Bronner's right up there in yeah. Saginaw. Yeah, that, yeah, you've been there. I've yeah. been there. I love that place. There's nothing like that place as far as 
Christmas decorations of acres, literally acres of it. Harry Brauner, I got to actually meet him in 1998. He was a he was a sweet old elf, man. He was awesome. But my house interior will blow you away from the you know what since it's christmas coming up now we got to go up all right now let's see here i'll come up this right here so this is just coming up the stairs okay and this is super casual but we got all the little christmas stuff everywhere you can see black and white santa yeah. <laughs> We're coming up the stairs. I'm going to take you to walking in a room. Yeah. Hold on, hold on here. Hold on, I got to get the. All right, let me come out here. So this is what you're walking up on. Up, oh, my one of my deers went down. One of my deers got shot. Oh, okay. Hunting season. <laughs> so, but so, you got to bring in. You got you got Frosty, you got Santa and Frosty, and then as you're opening this up, Alexa, turn foyer Christmas lights on. Come on, Alexa. Alexa, turn foyer Christmas lights on. There we go. There they go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So this is coming in. We're not 100% done yet. Right, right. Awesome. I like the big Santa up there. I like that. Yeah. Fitness. Look, look, look at that. My wife had that made this year. Love it. Love it. Fitness. So, as you come in here, this is the red and white room. Nice. All, all Christmas red and white. Santa's in pictures everywhere. Yeah. Little lit Christmas trees, everything down here. This is the, the Santa Claus room. You see, there's just a few different Santas up here. Right, right. Over yeah, the years, man. Egg. Isn't that a Christmas thing or no? Which one? Uh, no, it's Russian nesting egg. Is that a Christmas thing or no? Mm, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was uh, uh, something. My, this is the, this is my favorite. This is my favorite room right here. Alexa, turn Christmas villages on. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I got to decorating. <laughs> a bunch of different Santas over here. Over the years, there's a kitchen, a kitchen area here. Yeah. And you can see. I got to I got to take for you to set stuff like that up. Oh, I start like two weeks out. Okay. So this is kind of cool too. We got a little little lights here for uh, so the scenes. Yeah. So want to jump into these scenes? Yeah. I and know. I did. I did all this. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, turn Santa on. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. That's awesome. It's, yeah. So, so Gary, I know where we're going for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you guys can get down here on December 10th, if you can get down here on December 10th, you're invited. Nice, nice. <laughs> no, that's so, it. That, 
Yeah, we yeah that that'll be on you know the day after uh, our anniversary. So I just combined it in, and yeah, yeah we'll have a blast. And I, I got a really cool thing that uh, like my my wife like her goal. She didn't want the big diamond ring or any of that shit. I got a nice ring, but she didn't want the big, you know, she didn't want that. She wanted to go to uh, Antarctica. Okay. So, so, like, that's her thing. You know, so I'm like, all right, we'll go. <laughs> we couldn't pull it off this year, but probably next year, we'll probably end up going there for like two weeks. Yeah. Excuse me? Have you ever been there? Is this your first time? No, Antarctica. We're talking about the bottom of the earth, man. Oh, <laughs> no, no, this is Diamond Dallas Page. You could have been anywhere. Right. No, well, at that point, I'll be able to say yeah, but uh, you know, it's not a place I would go to. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just did a signing up in Alaska, and that was cool. So we went up there a week early, spent time in Alaska. I did the signing uh, for my buddy uh, Kevin. Kevin Matthews, uh, you, you guys, you must have worked for him at one point or another, Rhino. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever work for uh, Kevin in Jersey? Uh, yeah. He, Scotty, Scotty Too Hottie was on the show. Mm -hmm. He was there with his kid, taking his kid all over. Scotty had the greatest match. The people going crazy. Yeah. He never, he never took a bump. Really. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like he knows, he, he, he knows how to work, man. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and, and like you said, it was the greatest match too. Like, it was, you know, man. It yeah. was. I can remember being on the road with Jake early on when WCW let me go. I had shoulder injury. I'd have surgery. I you know coming out of it. I only been wrestling nine months. And Jake had pulled me under his wing, you know, because I met Jake in my club in Fort Myers, Florida, probably about three or probably about three years before that. And then he comes into WCW just for that short run with, with Stinger, right? And he was being offered more money than he ever made in WWE. And then Bill Watts came in and pulled that contract and said, we're not paying that. And so Jake was out. But uh, bottom line is I got to met him in my club and then got to really get to know him in um, WCW. And I, got, I would drive, you know, Kevin Nash and I were tag team partners. He was Vinny Vegas back then. Look at this picture of, of, of me and Kevin and friggin' that's Raven. Scotty Bingo Flamingo. <laughs> and uh, me and Kev would go grab the bags. We'd drive the car just to be at the foot of Yoda, you know, just to learn right. from Jake. And I developed a really good relationship with him so that when I tore my rotator cuff, he called me and asked me how I was doing. And he was split up with his wife at the time. And I invited him. I asked Kimberly if it was okay, and she said yes. He, I thought he'd live with us for a week or two till he found the place. He stayed with us for three months. <laughs> and the only reason he left was because he lost a 12-foot black cobra in my bathroom. And, Kimber and, then, and then he realized it was under the vanity. He hit the vanity, and you heard, 
You know, snakes go, but cobras go, and he goes, he'll come out. He'll just go in a tub when he gets bored. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what if he goes up into the, into the walls? What if he goes yeah, up into the walls? Yeah. And he got, he's not going to do that. He'll be back. I didn't realize Jake was already fucked up that night. Whatever yeah. he did, I didn't see Jake for three days. Yeah. Kim was like, she when she realized the snake was in the bathroom and up under the vanity, and she goes, what if he goes up into the walls? Now, at that point, you know, Rhino, I had to turn heel. He's not going to go up under the fucking walls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking the same thing, you know? Right, right, and right. Uh, she grabbed her two cats. You know, snakes eat cats. You know, not cobras, but yeah. they do. Pythons yeah. do. And uh, she was like, I'm not coming back. I'm checking into the Ritz and Jake's paying for it. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, I, I went and got one of those, um, you know, those animal wranglers. So the yeah. guy gets there and he looks up under, and he, you know, they, with a vanity, they'll put like a piece of wood in front of it. And then you can go up and look over. That's what the snake did. Just went over yeah. the little block of wood that was in front of the vanity and he pulled that block of wood off, and there's that cobra. You know? And he looks at me, he goes, is he devenomized? I go, I don't fucking know. <laughs> so, so he puts the glove on by both hands, grabs them, puts them in a bag, and I put them in a box, in a box, in a box, and tape the clothes. Put a Jeez. hole in it for some air, but... uh when Jake came back three days later, I'm like, bro, you got to go. But you know, one of the beautiful things about that, and it's one of the things that really helped me grow as a worker in the ring. When Jake moved into my house, my, my attitude was like, man, I cannot wait when I get this thing off my shoulder to get in the ring with you and just lock up and move around. And he's like, listen, you already know how to do all the moves. He goes, you just don't know when and why. He said, what you need to do, he goes, is watch matches with me on the couch. Because you'll learn more on the couch, sitting with me, talking about your matches, than you'll ever learn from me in the ring. Yep. And Jake was so right. Because I taped everything. Yeah. I taped now. Like an idiot, I didn't save any of that shit, though. Yeah. Every night, I just retape it. And you have to understand, I got Stone Cold Steve Austin as Stunning Steve Austin, who I'm driving with a lot of the time, coming up on my camera and leaving color on it. Like he's being Gordon, pretending he's Gordon solely. Uh-uh, brother. And then Nash would come on. Raven would come on. Uh, uh, um, Regal would come on. And Regal would cut like a commercial from the 70s. Like shit, like, the shit that they said. And it was so, because we'd go get a case of beer and go back to the hotel room and watch the matches. You know, right. and watch, you know, go over shit. And, yeah. and uh, the shit that Austin would say was, it was the beginning of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. It was like Steve uncensored. And 
I probably he probably did it for 50 matches. And finally, I'm thinking, I gotta stop taping this shit over. I need right. to start saving this. So I taped the the very first one that I that I kept was me against Pillman. And oh my God, did he break my balls on it? Oh, it was totally priceless. Um yeah. I saved it and I lost that Bischoff fired him the next week. Oh. I was so bummed out. Way more bummed out later, because imagine having that color, what that would have sold for, you right. know, freaking today, you know? Yeah. Uh, God, it, it would have been so priceless. I mean, I had the Steiners giving me brown eye, walking out, you know, Ricky, just dropping the drawers and <laughs> hitting a brown eye on me, you know? Oh, uh, every morning, they'll call me in the video chat, and they'll brown eye me and then hang up. You guys got a podcast, correct? Well, we do, and we just we just took a hiatus till after the holidays because we're both too busy right now. Right. But you know, when we started with uh like where me and Jake came from, like a lot of people know that I helped Jake. Right. But a lot of people didn't know the stories of how Jake helped me. You right. know, and and people would go, how did you put up with that insanity? You know, because I'm not living the life I've lived without that guy. You know, right. him, and, him and Dusty. Here's a, here's a great picture of me and Jake. And I think we're, maybe we're doing something with AAA at the time. And uh, just, you know, us on the road. Every, he, he would get me booked on just about every show that he was on. So right. I got, I mean, I'm making no money, but who gives a shit? I'm working and right. I'm working in front of people, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty magical, man. Uh, just going through those times and really looking back at them. I can remember at one point, Kim, you know, we've been together at that point, maybe three years, maybe two years we were married. And she's like, honey, you need to go back to the nightclub business. You know, because this wrestling thing's not working out, and we're having tough paying the bills, trouble paying the bills. And I'm saying you need not, not to let that door hit you on the ass on the way out of here if you don't think I'm going to do this. Right. And she she's 23 at the time, right? Right. If she's 33, most likely she bails. You know. Right. But being 23, so all she can think about is like, wow. This guy really has a different level of confidence. <laughs> at least, yeah. at least that's what I'm selling to myself, right? Right. Brian Seymour was wants to say that you are the shit, and he loved his, your feud with Macho Man. So I wanted to get that in there. We got a lot of people commenting how much they love you, DDP. So I want to make sure. Oh, you thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Mach Mach changed my life. It was really Scott and Kev, though that laid the groundwork and yeah, I was so grateful to both those cats, uh, but they were grateful to me. Like when Scott, when Kevin Nash went in the hall of fame for the first time, he thanked me because there's times where he wanted to quit. And I'm like, big man, do not let these fuckers beat you down, man. Do not let that happen. You're going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. And that's when he's been in Vegas. Yeah. 
Well, we all know what happened. <laughs> you know, he, he went there and the rest was history. And he's got to go down as, if not the greatest big man ever out there besides Taker. You right. know, to be able to have the crazy run and yeah. could work and yeah. could talk and had the greatest gimmicks. You know, he went from the worst gimmicks ever to Diesel and NWO Kevin Nash outsiders. Right. I say big comeback. <laughs> big comeback. You know, uh, it, it's like Jake when he said he'd watch the videos with you on the couch and you learn more just listening to him and, and, and passing on that knowledge. I would watch Kevin when we were in Impact together. This is back in the uh, mid-2000s. And he worked with the younger guys, right? And right. he wanted to be put in uh, – um, like the X division tournament and all that, like as a manager and all that. But in the back, he would sit with these guys and he would talk to them and, and they would all circle around him and, and he was passing on all this knowledge and I'd listen in. And, and I mean, he helped so many guys out just, you know, teaching them psychology, teaching them this, teaching them that. And I'll never forget. Cause it, that ran for a while. And I mean, it was a great, I mean, he helped that locker room out tremendously and i would you know and that's that's the thing you learn the business in the car you know we're watching tapes you know so but yeah sure. whenever i whenever i talk about kevin i that always pops up in my mind you know even if he's on an indie show and doing autographs and doing a special appearance i'll see him hang out with the guys and pass that knowledge on you know and i still learn from him but yeah it's incredible so kevin i mean one of the smartest guys if i listen to kevin nash from, like, you have to understand, when I went to WWE, I didn't understand the heat that we had. I didn't even think about it. And they didn't sell it at all, you know, coming up there. But I didn't think about that we had this heat. Kev was like, dude, do not walk away from this money. Now, to get, like, they owed me a, a million three when Vince bought the company. To be able to go to the WWE, I had to walk away from initially 50% of that money to go there. But me and Nash and uh, Goldberg, it was about 12 of us that had a lawsuit against Ted Turner's uh, organization, AOL, whoever the fuck they were at the time, because there are things I have in this house like a, a bowling ball that's got DDP on it, and WCW. I never got paid for that. There's things I have, like WWE, they may pay you shit, but they pay you for everything. You right. know, like They're a well-oiled machine. Over here, it got so big so fast, they didn't really have control of it. Like the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. So they gave me 70% of the money to walk away from the lawsuit. Now the lawsuit, Kev never told me, he won't give me a number, but I know it was five, 600 grand. Yeah. And I walked away from $487,000, left it on the table to go. All I had to wait was another, you know, nine months, a year. I think it was like 10 months and I could have gone there. I would have got fully paid, but the main reason I did it is because I was 45. Yeah. It wasn't like I was 37 
you know, or, you know, whatever, 40, you know, I was 45 and I had beat the hell out of my body from 40 to 45. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just thought I got to get there now. But if I just listen to Kevin on just that, there's a million dollars. There's a million. But there, it's probably two million of things. I just, I mean, I don't do anything anymore. I don't care if it's, you know, um, card signings, personal signings, uh, something with someone. I always call Kev. I said, okay, Kev, what should I do here? <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Because I'm going to do the same thing he's doing. Because whatever he's doing, I know he's doing it the best way. He's one of the smartest cats ever in the business and one of the funniest fuckers ever to hang out with or have a bottle or two or three or four or five. One night we drank six bottles of wine. He easily drank three and a half bottles of that wine and still never fucked up. Good buzz going. (laughs) But the chat could handle his booze, man. Like, unbelievable. But I mean, so much fun to be with that some bitch just yeah. i don't care when it is it's fun to be around yeah oh he's great he's great funny as hell too funny as hell i just so. want to toss in here that josh wants to say that you helped him with this uh static nerve problem with your ddpy so he wants oh that's to awesome that's that so just so great to hear man yeah we've been you know, now people know I'm not just selling some products. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, 19 of it, you know, as, you know, uh, as a business. And the first eight years, it cost me 400, $558,000 I was in before I ever made a dime. And then... Arthur video went viral and everything changed and then it gave credibility. And then they saw what I was doing with Jake. If they knew how many people I just give the app to people would never believe it. You know, I mean, if I could, if I was like the rock wealthy, no one would pay for it. But if no one paid for it, they wouldn't appreciate it. Right. You know what I mean? And you can give, if you just give, like, I wanted to do something with the veterans, you know, and I talked to a bunch of different veteran groups. I was just going to give it to disabled veterans. And they were like, you know, DDP, you've done a lot, and I've done a lot for the military. And they were like, we're not, we're not looking for any handout. You know, mm-hmm. I said, how about 50%? What if I do 50% all the time? They go, that would be very generous. So that's what I did. Like, you can't go to my page. It doesn't have to be uh, November 11th, which is my daughter's birthday and Veterans Day, which is around the corner. But you can't go to my page where it's not Veterans Day. It's 100%. And that's all first responders, veterans, cops, firemen, medics. They go in there and you put your information in, you get the shit for half price. Yeah. You know, I don't well, know anybody who does that. Right. Well, plus it helps you to grow. Like you do your studios and stuff like that. And didn't you build the studio for uh, DDPY? Yeah, I built it for, you know, mainly for a soundstage. And I did do a lot of classes in there right. before the pandemic. But after that, you know, I thought, I'm not, you know, it, it's, it, it was, 
we've turned into a major production company now. Okay. You know, we were doing AEW for a long time, just filming their behind the scenes stuff. But now we're so busy. You know, we're, we, we just finished filming. I won't call it a reality show because reality shows are bullshit. I just right. finished filming a thing called Change or Die. And Change or Die is a docu-series. And what we have in the can what happened over those four months and we've continued to film people after that as well so you can see what continues to happen with them is this is one of the coolest things i've ever been a part of no. because it's not just helping the people who are in this house which is the same place where we filmed the resurrection of jake the snake uh you could have called the resurrection of Jake the Snake, change or die, you know, with him and Scott. Um, but uh, it's super powerful. We, we, we haven't figured out what platform it'll be up on yet, but come 2023, it'll definitely be out there. We've got the first four episodes. I would say it's past the rough cut. Uh, they're pretty well close to being finished, uh, but we just keep popping out another one every couple of weeks and uh it's really powerful now i was i was told you have buff bagwell and uh, butterbean as part of this is there anybody else that you you can mention that's going to be part of this well you wouldn't know anybody else they're the two guys that were and how how that happened is marcus i won't even call him buff anymore because buff's an asshole you know buff buff's an addict buff you know thinks he's a stuff and you know, he, in the beginning, didn't realize he was an addict, you know, and like all addicts, <laughs> you know, from alcoholics to drug addicts to food addicts, you know, you got to know you have a problem before someone can help you fix it. Yeah. And uh, the house of the people who came in that house Four of the five, if they didn't change in the next couple of years, they would not be here. And when you see them, you I'll give you the one story of this kid named Taylor. I'm sitting in this office right here, and I'm about to put the last person in the house because it's only five people. And. I get a text from a buddy of mine named Jared, who used to work for TMZ. And Jared sends me a picture of this kid on TikTok. And he's like, hey, D, I've been following this kid on TikTok. He's really trying hard to lose weight. He's down to 466 pounds. I want to, I'm just going to buy a year's membership on your DDPY app. Will you send me a 30 second, you know, thing? You can do it, kid. Something. So I, I haven't filled the last room yet. I have someone in mind, but I'm not sold on that yet. Cause this is our first time doing it. I want people who really want to be there, you know? And this kid, I I I I I said get his number. So he gets Jared gets his number. I talked to him on the phone for five minutes. He doesn't know me because he's not a wrestling fan. 
course, he Googles me, though. Right. <laughs> in the meantime, in the meantime, Nadia, one of my producers, talks to him. And she's like, oh, my God, we've got to have him. He's got to come. I said, oh, put him in. He's got the spot. When he gets there, this is, is it a weight loss show? Kind of, but no. Is it for people who are broken down and beat up? Kind of, but no. Is it for people who need to learn how to eat real food? Not shit. Real food. Because real food can heal you. And shit food can kill you slowly over time, like arsenic. And so is it about that? Kind of. But no, it's more about this. It's about teaching people how to own the six-inch piece of real estate in between their ears. It's about the story you tell yourself, like that inner voice that's going on. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away. And then everybody's got to buy into, at their own level, what this is about. Everyone who comes in, we take pictures, we do measurements, we do these six pictures, which is about your physiology, your flexibility, and your core strength. Everyone who walks in there is so, I, I, don't, I don't want to say crippled, most most of them are crippled, like right. so beat up. He gets on that scale, and now he thinks he's 466. But when you're that big and you look down and your body moves like that, that scale goes like this. Right. I said, stop looking down. Just look straight ahead. The scale's going to tell you how much you weigh. And then the scale says 513. When you think you're one number and find out you're 50 plus pounds over that number and you're five foot one, five thirteen, and your legs, which are supposed to be like this, are like this and bowed out because all of that weight pushing down on your little legs. So that's one guy, and he's the heart and soul of that deal. Marcus is buff through most of it, and you got to see it to really understand that. Butterbean, when I saw Butterbean walk in the house, now I'm on a podcast with um, Rick Bassman. You know who he is, right? Yeah, Rick. And he's got. Boss rooting on, one of the baddest motherfuckers alive ever at one point. Uh, he's got Butterbean on, and he's got Flex Wheeler on, the bodybuilder. And I'm just mentioning change or die. We don't even have a format yet. We're not in the process of doing it yet. It's just an idea we're putting the paper. And when Flex hears the, you know, the one sheet on it, he goes, oh, my God. DDP, you've got to get Butterbean in there. You've got to get Butterbean. Butterbean needs your help. Now, Butterbean was up to 550. And he did the stomach surgery. And he went down to 370. And then he went up to 440. 
Because that stomach shit don't work unless you really are eating the right shit in very small amounts. And you can blow out that stomach surgery if yeah. you eat too much. The bottom line is, Bean got to the house. He was about 370. He'd gotten back down to that. But the crazy part is, think of crutches you put under your, 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 your arms, right? Well, he would do that when there was cameras on. But if the camera wasn't on, because he couldn't stand up, not even. Okay, so you can see me here, how I am here. That's as high as Butterbee could go. That's it. From here to here. So he would take the crutches, hand parts, and walk around like that, like a crab. And when he was doing his signings every weekend, sitting in a car and driving three, four, five hundred miles with his legs in a seated position, you got to open that up. So when he gets to the friggin' signings, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. So that's what I'm working with day one. And I look at my business partner, Steve Yu, and I'm like, oh my God, man. You know, I like, how are we going to help him? He goes, but imagine if you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what he said. And it was kind of like when I saw Arthur for the first time. It wasn't that he had the knee braces and the back brace, because I didn't know he had the back brace on, but his stomach was out to here, and he had those cuffs. So he was walking, you know, with canes as he moved for 15 years, and I helped him. So you guys will see. It's, uh, it's It's pretty amazing journey. And after the four months... We still follow people so you can see what happened and then where are they now? Yeah. You know, so it's pretty powerful. That'd be coming to a streaming platform in 2023, you think, or? Yeah, it'll come to something. I haven't, you know, I, what sucks is we literally are just now at the point where you can, you know, we can start getting it out there and our pitch and what we have, we're putting out there. But if we don't sign something by Thanksgiving, Hollywood shuts down until like the first week of January. So it is what it is. It, you know, the way I always look at it, whatever has happened to me in my life that looks like it's the worst thing that happened to me. You know, I tore my rotator cuff and they fucking got rid of me. Jake Roberts comes into my life and mentors me for the next 15 years turns out to be the best thing ever happened to me because as you know rhino no one starts as a job guy and never gets out of that spot yeah once you've done too many jobs you're there you have to leave and guys have come in and done jobs you know the great example would be you know the hardy boys or edge or any of those guys they all did jobs coming in but you didn't know who they were Right. And then they went back and they did their shit. They weren't on TV long enough for you to know who they were. Everybody knew who I was. Yeah. Because I was already a name that was a manager in a heel. Now he's a wrestler. Oh, he's getting the shit beat out of him every night. Oh, we got yeah. a little win. Little enhancement win. Little enhancement win. Oh, he's out there doing jobs. 
you know, and that's what you go through. And you sometimes you have to leave. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. But overall, the best thing that ever happened to me that looked like the absolute worst was when I blew my back out. And I have three spine specialists tell me I'm never going to wrestle again. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. And you're telling me I'm never going to wrestle again? Right. Well, that contract's gone after 90 days. Yeah. You know, like, there, I didn't sign shit if I can't work. Right. And uh, that's where DDP yoga comes from. Yeah. And that not only has been the best thing ever happened to me, but so many of the people who are watching this podcast, you know, and who have done the program and the Arthurs and the Butterbeans and the Bagwells and, you know, the Jake Roberts and Scott Halls and so many guys like AJ is unbelievable. I just saw a match of his two weeks ago or three weeks, whatever it was. It's like, he's still 24 years old. He's 45. Right. Jericho. <laughs> I said Jericho a thing because I heard he assigned another big deal with AEW. And he had sent me a picture of 10 of the guys who DDP Yoga has made a huge impact. And he sent a picture of himself, 10 of 10. He, he, he texted to me. And I said, dude, I heard you signed another big deal. I am so happy that I was the smallest bit of keeping you into doing what you love. And he wrote back, you are a huge part of it. You know, like he'd have to say that, you know, yeah. but he did. And it, it's so cool. You know, you ought to keep the boys feeling good and living the dream as long as they can. And then taking care of them after they already got there and lived it, you know? Right. I know we don't want to keep you too much longer because uh, we just appreciate you having you on. And, I want to talk to you real quick about have you given your last diamond cutter? Because somewhere I read you wanted to, <laughs> to give one at, at least at, at the age 70. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. I will independently and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but if it's WWE and they want me to do something, you know, I would do it. You know, it was so much fun going back and doing the rumble. And I didn't know if I was going to get thrown in and thrown out. I didn't know. But then Michael P.S. Hayes was booking that, and he was my boy, and he walked in. And as I'm arriving uh, with, uh, with um, Bubba, uh, I get a text from Cody saying how apropos that I would be the first to take the cutter. <laughs> And I was like, no shit. And then I found out that it was going to be, you know, him and then um, Fandango, who I loved, great guy, and then Bray Wyatt, which, you know, was like, wow, that's, I'm getting a real good. And then he goes, and then you know what's going to happen. So me and Bubba look at each other because it's got to be Randy, right? Randy's going to come out and hit me, be the legend killer. But they go, okay. It's Nero. <laughs> oh, what, what name did he go by in WWE? Was it Nero in WWE? Rusev? Ruth read that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. He was Nero in AEW, right? Yep. 
Nero, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. That big, strong son of a bitch hits, and I was happy as fuck to get bumped by him and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think of is Randy Orton, who to me is my guy. Like that I share a finish with him. Like I got that finish over like a motherfucker, but he took it to a different level. He really did. And I know guys who are real hardcore diamond cutter fans. He did stuff that, that, you know, like some of the stuff that him and Ziggler did. And, you know, I did some really cool shit with it, but I loved watching him take it and do his own version of it and get it over out of nowhere thing. Uh, he really did some really amazing stuff. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. I, I think he's, you know, of course, one of the greatest of all time, but I think he's underrated being yeah. called the game. I mean, like, you know, like he's a, he's a Mount Rushmore guy. He really is. Right. When you look at his career, his 20-plus yeah. year career, and he, he, he wrote me the nicest DM uh, not long ago and uh, mentioned, you know, just uh, mentioned that you know that i was talking and he was thanking me and and what was really fun he said i saw you do a diamond cutter as that players deal right and he said i immediately googled your age <laughs> and he said good for you brother <laughs> that you can still you know when it's all said and done that we you know, we feel good you know and could still go out and do it you know, at, you know, at 66, I'm, I always, once I get to the other side of 66 and a half, like I'm five months from 67. Like that's how old I am. And I watched this uh, video with um, uh, Toby Keith, uh, one of the, my favorite country music guys. And me and him have shared a few cocktails in our time. A uh, few Jack, a uh, few shots of Jack. Uh, but uh, I really love that guy. And I love his music. And I saw him and it was a thing of him and Clint Eastwood were playing golf. And this is about four years ago, maybe three years ago. And at some point, Toby says, so what are you doing tomorrow, Clint? And he says, tomorrow's my 88th birthday. Clint. He said, I'm starting another movie. <laughs> and Toby did just what you just did. He like, like, what? Like, Clint, it's your 88th birthday. You're starting another movie? How do you do it? Yeah. And he, and he said, when the old man comes knocking, I don't let him in. Yeah, that's perfect. This yeah. cat's going to be 92. Got a woman 40 years younger than him. And well, that's like he's a girl for all those reasons. <laughs> he, is, he is a stud still today. I have taken that when he comes knocking, because he'll come knocking on my door, you know, and, and I, I ain't letting you in, motherfucker. You know, uh, I'm doing ice baths now, uh, mixing ice baths with heat in my hot tub, doing that. I've got, I just had Darby Allen here with me. You guys know who Darby is. Darby is one of the great young talents of our business that is a risk taker, like on Mick Foley level plus, you know, 
And uh, one of the things that he's been able to do, you know, he does my program, obviously. Uh, we spent a lot of time together in Darby um, talking about holding back the hands of time. He's only 29, but he's a serious risk taker and X game guy. And, you know, skateboarder, like skateboarding off his roof shit, you know, uh, you know, freaking taking that little, she just did a thing with a tricycle thing, you know, like a big wheels where he coming down that ramp and went up in 360 and came out. I mean, he is a risk taking athlete. He came over here to spend some time with me with some new machines that I have in my house. And he was blown away. He's like, I want them all. You know, because it's all about him. How long can he do this at his level? You know, and right now, one of the biggest things that keeps him there is he's straight edge. You know, yeah. when you ain't taking shit, your body heals a lot faster. You ain't drinking a shitload of booze. Your body heals a lot faster. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's fun to pass the knowledge around. Rhino, if you're ever down here, you're down in Atlanta area, I want you to, you know, stay with me. If you're doing a show or whatever, yeah, yeah. come and spend spend the night with me. Let me turn you on to some of the things that I'm doing and yeah. why I can do the shit that I can do still. And will I still do a diamond cutter? Yeah, my goal is to do one when I'm 70. You know? Uh, so I did say that. So, um, you know, if I do one every blue moon, you know, it'll be cool. Because for Randy Orton to see that and put it over, that's a humongous compliment. <laughs> we got some guys on here saying, well, IWR has a show November 30th. Uh, do one then. So Yeah, yeah. That's a promotion. So. <laughs> so, but hey, you know what, Gary? He can hit it on you. I'll, I'll stand back and watch. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll so like, do it again, Dallas. Do yeah, it again. One, one. I'm fifty-one. That's that's enough. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, one of my one of my highlights were of the stuff I'm doing today, is when I was doing that little deal I did with um, AEW when uh, I did the thing with uh, the Six Man and me and Dustin and QT against um, MJF and Butcher and you know. Uh, my, my boys there, they're friggin', uh, it, it was a lot of fun going out there and doing it, but getting the, the, um, angle between me and MJF. And at one point in the middle of us talking, I just stopped on a pregnant pause and the whole building started chanting yoga. <laughs> like, and I hate when people call my shit yoga, call it DDP yoga or DDPY. But that night, I loved it because if you that you would ever heard a wrestling crowd at the top of their lungs chanting yoga, yoga. <laughs> that was a, an amazing moment that they did on their own like i don't even know how that how that shit happened <laughs> that's why wrestling fans are the greatest they are they are they're the they best. are even the ones that beat up johnny bravo every week right right we got this one guy he uh he comes in and 
he gets eaten. Uh, he's been punched a couple times. We have to get security because of him. Yeah. Oh, the people? Yeah, he's <laughs> good. He's yeah, that good. Yeah. Hey, imagine what they would have done to MJF 20 years ago. Man. Right. Right. 30 years ago, they might have killed him. Yeah, they may. <laughs> he's, he's almost Piper level. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, I even think that, yeah, I because of maybe even worse than Piper, okay. you know, to get people so stirred up, especially yeah. back then. One of the, uh, I was on Jericho's cruise one year, and the comedian who was up there, and MJF was on the cruise that year, and this was so funny the you know the the comedian said you have to love mjf's commitment and he said me and my buddy were waiting online because we want to meet him we want to tell him how much we appreciate his shtick so he gets up to him and he said listen um mjf we uh, just want to let you know we love your 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 commitment to you know, how you how you do what you do and he grabbed the cup of coffee out of his buddy's hands he spit in it handed it back to him and said so what the fuck can i do for you <laughs> i love that i'll tell you how committed he is me and him are really tight and when the shit hit the fan with the Tony thing and the friggin' I quit, motherfucker, yeah. he wouldn't return a phone call or a text. He wouldn't return it because he, did, he didn't want to lie to me, you know? But, I mean, it went to, he's in, it's like he just went, I'm out of here. No, I'm not yeah. talking to anyone. <laughs> Uh, that fucker is over, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AEW has quite a few ones that are really came on. I mean, yeah. Darby and MJF and the guys, man. Yeah, AEW's got some stuff going on right now. I'm really, really. They do. And those fans back, like right now, wrestling is hot again. You yeah. know, with the fans, WWE, friggin' Impact, all of them. Impact. It's like the crowds. I mean, independent wrestling is doing really well again, right. you know, and it was kicking ass coming into COVID. Then COVID, of course, kicked it in the ass. Right. And now coming back, it's good to see everybody get back out and right. really get out there and, 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 you know, get out to independent wrestling because, right. you know, that's the future guys of the future and guys who, when people say to me, DDP, I need to be a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler so bad. Do you have any advice? I said, honestly, if you can't breathe without it, you should do it. But if you can, it's just the thing for you, you shouldn't do it. If you just right. like wrestling, shouldn't do it. I mean, right. what you're going to have to go through to get there, if you don't look like Bill Goldberg, you know, and who the fuck does, but right. Bill Goldberg, you know, uh, you know, if you can be happy getting out here and being a weekend warrior and his independence, if that's, if that's what you aspire to be, if that's what you love doing, you should do it. 
if you have to get to the WWE or you have to get to AEW, like if that's your end all be all, you probably shouldn't do it. You know, you got to do it because you love it. You can't breathe without it. And I know a lot of guys in the independent world, they just love doing it. They don't care how much they beat their body up. You know, they love getting out there and they love being a part of the spectacle. Oh, it's, that's that's what it is. <laughs> it is. It's the greatest thing on earth, too. I love it. Yeah. To this day, man, I'm, I'm like you. I just can't get enough of it, you know, so. That's uh, and that's how you have to be. You're still, especially, still be in that ring, man. Right. Because there's right. got to be something to smell the popcorn, roar the crowd. Yeah. Yo, know, it 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 was it wasn't easy for me to walk away from, but because I knew I was going on to do something else that was going to change people's lives at even a different level, and my story, of course, changed a lot of people's lives. There's a lot of guys that are in that ring because they looked at me and went. Fuck, he did it. Yeah. You know, he was 35. He did it. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it can be done. And it, it also takes someone like me getting, you know, off that couch and saying, fuck this. I'm going to do this. You know, it doesn't matter how many people laugh. You know? Well, no, and plus you've helped so many guys out along the way. I mean... I remember when we would go down to uh, WCW and do jobs in like 95 and I think uh, a little bit in 96, but yeah, you were helping all the guys out and that was like the rumor. It's like, yeah, Dallas, you know, give you advice, help you out. And I mean, the guys there in WCW, you're helping out too. the younger guys coming up, helping them out and all that stuff. Yeah. So I helped like 30 guys get jobs. Yeah. We're going back to Kevin Nash. I wanted to say this. Kevin Nash saw something in Rey Mysterio. And you knew he was a great athlete. You knew that he was something you've never seen before. But Nash saw him. Nash put him over in the middle. And everybody thought he was booking that. Everybody thought he was crazy. But he wasn't. Because look what he went on to do. You know what I mean? But Nash saw that before anybody. Yeah. He looks great out there. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't know how he's doing it. There's a guy. I love what they're doing with his kid. You know, I haven't watched it in a couple weeks, but I loved it. I mean, I would... You know, it's you go back and you look at, at some of the heels of the 80s who were like the heels. It's not the cartoon shit. I'm talking about the shit, territory shit, like Playboy Buddy Rose. Guys like that who had real heat. Like, that kid's got real heat. Like, people, you know, once you do the father, you know, everybody loves Ray. And the way, and that's what's so great about wrestling fans. They, they play into it. Because they are pissed. It's like when you yell at your when you it's like when you yell at your TV in a movie, kick that motherfucker's ass. Like that guy did his job, you know, on both sides of it. And uh I was really loving 
you know, that whole judgment day thing. I haven't watched it a couple of weeks, but I was really glued to it for a couple of weeks. I just got too busy, but I'm going to go back and watch this week and recap and pick shit up. And I'm also really proud of my boy Bronson, Bron Breaker, oh, yeah. that kid. I mean, I mean, look at him. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's he's got it all, and he's a Steiner. Please, when he gets to WWE, call him a fucking Steiner. Exactly. You know, not Braun Breaker, Bronson Steiner. He's got the greatest name ever. You know, <laughs> oh fucking, he's doing. When I saw him have his fourth, it was his fifth or sixth match in at Mania. When he did the uh, the, the, uh, the takeover, man, kids really got it. Man, he's gonna be, he's gonna he's gonna be the guy at some point. That's my prediction. At some point, he's gonna be the guy. Oh yeah, for sure. You know who? Um, when he first uh, started, he knows. Uh, you know, Johnny Swinger knows him. Sure. Really well. And sure. uh, Swinger, he's with Impact, and he was telling me about him and. And, you know, uh, what great athlete he was. And obviously, it's, you know, um, if you're not a great athlete when you're a Steiner, then you were probably, <laughs> you know, so, so he was filling me in and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, he's definitely he's going to be the guy and he's just so talented. and He's great. But I, I agree with you, you know, switch the name, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, there's two other Steiners that you don't know about. Um, and these are Scotty's kids, uh, Brandon, who just signed with Virginia point guard, number one point guard in the state of Georgia, fucking at six, one slam Duncan, his brother, Brock, who plays these guys come work out with me all the time. You know, they're, they're in my, on the other side of this is a wall where I can get about eight, eight or nine guys in there, you know, and, and film some stuff. And, you know, you'll see, if you go back and look at some of my live workouts, the Steiner cousins are all together. Uh, um, Maverick's there, Hudson's there sometimes on Rick's side. And uh, Maverick's a friggin' stud. Um, yeah. one, of, one of Ricky's other uh, sons. But Brock... This is a genetic freak, like his old man. Like, like he's got crazy quads, crazy work ethic, crazy work ethic, man. I mean, I love working out with those guys. And uh, um, he's a uh, a sophomore. He's a rush, freshman redshirt down at uh, the college. He's playing the offensive uh, tight end. Uh, but uh, what a great athlete. Got a 42-inch vertical. Wow, <laughs> and and they and Scotty just goes, it's my wife. Like yeah. they're like their mom was like another super athlete. You know, she yeah. she was another super athlete. I think gymnast. You know, but uh, super athlete. But the most polite kids ever, yeah. ever. And they, again, they say my wife. <laughs> my wife they get, they get all the credit <laughs> so yeah I love working out with those guys alright listen boys I got to roll it was yeah. fun I appreciate you and uh, when you guys get down here if you're coming if you're both coming or if you're just you to run or if you're both here yeah. together let me know you got my number right yeah, yeah. okay yeah. just, yeah. just yeah. let me know text yeah. me and let me know so I know I'm in town
Okay. Because you know, that's what happens sometimes. Some guy, guys will come in, but I'm not in town, you know. Sure, but yeah. if I'm here, fucking crash with me. We'll fucking get a good yeah. couple of good meals yeah. in, and I'll take you through the shit, and uh, you'll yeah. see uh, it's some pretty interesting things I got going on here. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Thank you, DDP. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Thank you, Dallas. Yeah. So. All right, boys, it, it's been your pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boys. See you, guys. Well, I don't He's know about you, but I just got invited to go hang out with DDP. So if you want to come with me, you can, you're more than welcome to come. I want to go work out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go I'm eat a good meal. Stretching and, yeah. So. But we never got a chance to talk about it. IWR 16. Gore's giving tickets are on sale now. Purplepass.com backslash IWR 16. No need to interrupt that Diamond Dallas page when we have, you know, to talk about tickets. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that. Coming up Wednesday, November 30th, get your tickets now. Uh, DDP won't be there giving a diamond cutter. So, but We should get them in for an autograph sign or something. We should. So, do it. You're going to sleep. It's getting awful. Well, yeah. Well, the there we go. <laughs> the sun's going down. Uh, Paige, but, hey, the sun's never going down when there's love in your heart. Gary, I love you. I love you you're, too. And you're awesome. <laughs> we should probably end the show on that note. It's getting kind of weird. Yeah, the show sure. wants you to do a, a gun show for relief. So there it is. It's hidden. DDP at Pop Fest. Hey, I. Hey. I would love it. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. No, you got to go the other way. Is it? Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're out of here. Get your tickets. See you November 30th. A lot of great matches. Our own Rhino going for the IWR Heavyweight Champions against mm -hmm. the champion, Dread King Logan. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns are going to be in the house for the first time. Uh, Chris Saban's returning, bringing Alex Shelley, challenging DTA for their titles. Triple threat match with a new. U.S. champion Jason Hodge has got to take on Trey Miguel and Tommy Vendetta. So much stuff to do. So many great matches to see. Get your tickets. And we are... Bye, Felicia. Bye. Yeah, stand.